Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Brad Large. How's it going, everybody? Brooks Forsyth. Hey, everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. I have a quick announcement. We just started a new show. It's the Clean Coders podcast. Yes, we're in partnership with Clean Coders. Um, the first episode's with Uncle Bob Martin. We're releasing one every day this week as we're doing the interview, not as you get this. So there should be a, a number of episodes up by the time you hear it. But anyway, go check it out, devchat.tv slash clean dash coders. Um, and we have a special guest this week. That's Mike Vulcan. Mike, do you want to Word say hello to your again? mother, everybody? I'm just kidding. I just wanted to do a really weird introduction, uh, but that was that was a little too extreme. You, you did it. Nice yeah, to no, be here, everybody. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Cloudways. If you're running a business, then you need a website, and your website needs to be up 24-7. You probably want support. I mean, let's face it. Cloud hosting is a pain in the butt. And if you're really looking for a solution, you probably want something that will support WordPress or Magento or something that you can build up on your own without having to be an expert in running all of this stuff. So why not go with a solution that will provide all of this with 24-7 support, high availability, and will run your website with high performance and reliability. This is why I recommend that you check out Cloudways. Go check out Cloudways at cloudways.com. Use the promo code DEVCHAT for 30% off for three months on all plans. Cool. So we've had you on a few times. Um, yeah. What are we talking about this week? Well, I thought today um, we would talk about a technique that I use that really helps me as an entrepreneur. It's called creative visualization. Um, you know, it's too often so many people focus on their business and how to, how to bring in more traffic or increase conversions or uh, get better at discovery calls if you're service-based you know, all that is great. That helps the value of your business. But what really helps you is the value as an entrepreneur. How do you make yourself a multi-million dollar entrepreneur, regardless of the the money? I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the money that you bring in through your business. So there's certain habits and techniques that I use that really help. And one of those key ones is creative visualization. Cool. And I'm pretty sure I know what this is because I've read some books and have done things like it before. But do you want to kind of give us the the elevator pitch as to far as far as what it is. Yeah, so the, I don't want to sound too hippy dippy here, but it's a form of meditation. There's lots of different forms of meditation, right? Uh, meditation, obviously, where you sit in a room and you, you clear your mind. It, it has a lot of health benefits, um, but it also provides a lot of good habits. Uh, various forms of meditation might include, you know, mindfulness, for example, and creative visualization is one. Um, and I do all three of those. I do regular meditation, I do mindfulness, and I do creative visualization. Uh, but creative visualization is the theory, uh, and it's more than a theory now, but because it's been proven to work through um, the latest technology now that we have to test this, uh, has been proven that creative visualization does work. But it, it's a form of meditation where you're sitting down and you're um, feeling an emotion of a goal that you want to attain. Um, and that process of feeling that emotion and visualizing it in your mind helps your brain um, understand that something could come to fruition, whatever your goal may be. And I'll walk you through exactly how to do it throughout this podcast. Uh, but that's the, the basic elevator pitch of it. Yeah, the fourth grader in me wants to go, oh. <laughs> yeah. No I mantras can't... needed for this. You don't need a say home or your mother's name over and over again, or whatever your keyword of the day is. Um, it's not, not uh, yeah. like that. 
Um, but the process here is um, you were had to just get in a quiet area and make a commitment to do it for about 10 minutes a day for three weeks and you'll start to see some benefits. Yeah, the, the thing that's worked for me with this is, yeah, you know, I just sit back, I kind of uh, picture in my head what I want things to look like, you know, personally with my family and with my business. And yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because when I get done, a lot of times I do it when I'm like completely stressed out or, or burned out. And when I'm done, you know, I, I have that energy. It's like, yeah, if it's going to look like that, I, you know, I can get to work or, you know, I, I feel less stressed about it because I see the potential and, and it really helps. Sure does. It, you know, what you think you attract, um, you know, I used to be a whitewater kayaker before I almost drowned a couple times. I stopped doing it as a sport. Uh, but you know, as, as a kayaker, you're going down these rapids and the, the river's pushing you from side to side. And, and you look at this log that's in the middle of the river. And just because you're looking at it, your, your body and your boats tends to attract to it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's that old saying, what you, what you think you attract. Um, and, uh, what you resist persists is another common saying. So, you know, if you, you, think about the power of the mind and the fact that we only use a very small percentage of what we're capable of. There's a lot of untapped potential here. So do you want me to walk you through a little bit about, um, actually, you know, what would be good if I give you an example of how, uh, creative visualization is used in, and maybe the sports field, because a lot of athletes, uh, use creative visualization. Do you want me to start off with an example yeah. to kind of bring it all together? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a big tennis player. I'm a competitive tennis player. I not only play it, but I watch it. At last year's U.S. Open, one of the Grand Slam tennis tournaments, there was a, a competitor, a tennis player named Bianca Andreescu. Not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's a Canadian tennis player, and she never qualified for the U.S. Open. She's only 19 years old. She tried when she was 18 to qualify, and she failed. She lost in the qualifying rounds. But last year, not only did she make the, through the qualifying rounds, she won the entire tournament. Not only did she win the entire tournament, she beat the greatest player in women's tennis history, Serena Williams in the finals. And not only did she do that, she did it in straight sets. And when she asked, she was asked by the media over and over again, how in the heck did you go one year, the year before from not even qualifying for the tournament to winning the entire thing, beating the greatest player in history, and then beating her in straight sets? What the heck did you do? That was such a dramatic change. <laughs> and she said, creative visualization, two word answer. Um, and she made a commitment to do creative visualization several times a day, uh, but she started out for once a day and she imagined herself. Uh, she went through this process. She imagined herself hitting cleaner shots, being faster in the court, um, being more positive on the court, all the things that are associated with winning, you know, holding a trophy over her head, everybody clapping and cheering for her, being better than her opponent. She visualized all this on a daily basis and it just released this, inner beast inside of her that just tripled her effectiveness on everything on the court from her coordination to her timing, to her speed, uh, to her stroke making, to her, the way, you know, her shots on the court and how she thinks about where she should hit the ball, like all that just increased dramatically. And now she is, um, she's not the top ranked in the world, but she went from being ranked in the hundreds to one of the top 10 players. And she is the player to beat this year. And she's been on a tear ever since. In fact, she's undefeated on hard courts this year already. And she's going to be a defending champion, uh, someone to really beat in the, this year's U.S. Open as well. So that's a, something. And there's other examples of that, but that's one that's closest to my heart since I'm a tennis player. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting too because um, I mean I've talked to people that achieve amazing things, and ultimately what it boils down to is that they simply got to the point where they believed it was possible, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, with her, yeah, it's kind of the next level where she, you know, she envisioned herself making, you know. I don't know all the terms you used, but you know, that she was doing all the right things. It wasn't just that she envisioned herself winning. She envisioned herself, you know, mm-hmm. playing at a higher level, but even for people who are down at, you know, a lower level that think, Oh, I could never go freelance or I could never start a business or I could never learn to program or I could never this or that. I found so many people that, yeah, they just get to, Oh, well maybe it is possible. And then they take a couple of actions to get there and they, they start to succeed. And, you know, and then, yeah, you take it to the next level and you envision yourself doing, you know, better and then yeah. you get better. And so it's, it's not just for sort of the, the high level entrepreneurs who, you know, through some level of envisioning that, you know, the outcome can get there, but it's also um, putting yourself in a position where you're actually believe that, you know, yeah, the thing that you thought was unattainable before is now possible. Yes, that is true. And I heard this and I started doing creative visualization after last year's US Open, which was in August. And uh, I didn't expect much. You know, I didn't go for for big air. I didn't I didn't uh, hope to be a professional or anything. But I um, I play in a competitive tennis league where I, I travel all over Northern California to to play various people uh, and other teams. And, um, you know, to be honest, I lose just as much as I win, if not probably more. Last year, I had a losing record. I think I was like uh, six losses in four wins or something, but I did creative visualization for three weeks for seven to 10 minutes a day. And I pictured myself just like I described earlier, uh, like Bianca did is I, uh, hitting better strokes, hitting the ball cleaner, being smarter on the court, being faster, you know, winning, shaking hands and feeling proud that I won. Uh, I did that for three weeks straight. And, um, I, I won my next tennis match, my league tennis match that I played, um, six, zero, six, zero. The other opponent never won a single game from me. And I knew from that, from hit number one during warm up, that something was different. And, uh, you know, actually the, the, the week after that I won six Oh six two. So, uh, I've been playing great ball ever since. And, um, and you, there's no reason why any entrepreneur listening, whether you're an athlete or not, can't translate this into whatever your goals are. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is there real like neuroscience or studies behind this, or is this more something that people have just tried and found to be effective? Yeah, um, there's a lot of neuroscience lately. Uh, in the last 10 years, we've learned a lot about our brains, more so than any other time in history combined. There's now tools where we can measure exact brave length, uh, brave lengths, uh, sorry, brain wave lengths. Um, there's tools where we can measure action potentials, which are uh, when neurons fire um, in the brain. Uh, we can even see neuroplasticity at work, actually neurons connecting to each other. There's just amazing things now. And um, there's been studies done where people who are doing creative visualization consistently are showing improvements in various areas of their brains and skill sets, whether creatively or analytically. Um, so I did all that research before I started doing it because I just didn't want it to be some, you know, hokey dokey, you know, oh, I just I believe it can happen. Tony Robbins type of stuff. I wanted to know there was science behind it. Uh, and that gave me the confidence to realize that what I'm about to do is this daily practices uh, could could, in fact, work. So um, one, one question I have is how, how specific do you get when, when you visualize? Um, That's a really good question. Um, as, as specific as you want, as specific as you can be, I like to be 
I feel, put it this way, however specific you need to feel the emotion, because it's the emotion, your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and imagery, basically. Um, if you're starting to believe and you're starting to feel those emotions that you would feel like as if you're on the tennis court, for example, um, if you, you get that rush that maybe when you sign a new contract or you get, you, you know, you get this new high dollar contract that's going to last you a while as a, as a freelancer or consultant, like that rush that everyone gets, um, you know, if you can feel that your brain actually doesn't know the difference between reality and, and fake being fake there. So if it takes a certain level of visualization for you to do that, uh, I'm sorry, a level of detail for you to do that, then your visualization will be just that much more powerful. So uh, for me, I was, when I do creative visualization, for example, in tennis, I'm picturing myself, you know, sliding for a ball. I can hear the squeaks of my shoes on the court. Like that's how specific I'm getting. Um, I can turn over to the fence and see, uh, you know, the few people that are watching my match cheering. Um, and that's how specific I'm getting. I'm, I'm feeling the, the sun on my back, um, on my head when, you know, I take off my hat on a changeover and I'm, and I'm proud of myself for a shot I just did. Like that's how specific I am. You may not need that level of detail, um, but however level of detail that is required for you to feel that emotion that you're winning and achieving your goals. That makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting that it's, uh, as you were using that language, I just thought, okay, so really it's a good idea to look at the language that you're using and orient that around like the successful factors there. So you were talking about like the physical feedback that you get in a sport, you know, also thinking about, you know, the, the specific actions that you might take ahead of time. This is kind of difficult for me because as I try to, you know, start meditating, it, you know, I get distracted. I do things, but creative visualization was actually a really fun one. I would think about that beforehand, get some of the language lined up and then kind of just, dig in until I actually started to think about what it would be like to come out on top in those situations, whether it was lead generation or getting more client, you know, whatever it is like that's, so it's interesting to hear that uh, expression of language and yeah, um, Brad, you know, focusing okay. on that part of it. Yeah. I'll tell you, Brad brought up a good point. So for those of you out there who have tried meditation and just didn't take because you know, you just feel like you couldn't clear your mind and that does take a while. Like I've been meditating for, a couple of years now, and I still can't clear my mind. Even professionals can't clear their mind. But if you get frustrated and you've stopped meditation, creative visualization is so much easier in that respect because you're inviting emotion, you're inviting thought, and you'll actually find that your mind doesn't wander because you're staying focused on one particular topic. Now, for everybody who's listening, I'd like you to answer this question, but I'm going to direct this question to Brad, Charles, and Brooks. What is the one thing in your professional life as an entrepreneur that you are a consultant freelancer that you get excited about? What do you see that you particularly could creatively visualize for seven minutes a day? Is it signing a contract or is it something else? This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. 
Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. I think there are a couple of different things that I think about when it comes to that. One is, uh, you know, as a consultant, uh, honestly, like it's kind of cheesy, but I did sign up to be a consultant to, to find those aha moments with clients and to help them through that. And so there are times when I think about, you know, um, being a successful consultant is helping people out. And so that's something that I've actually focused on. Uh, and the other part is, you know, you know, signing the deals and, and getting paid. I mean, those are the two things that really uh, are very exciting for me, right? And maybe not even in that order, if I'm being honest, yeah. but it is, I mean, they're both very important because, you know, you want your clients to be happy. You want to get referrals. You want to, um, but between those two aspects, I think those are very exciting. So yeah. when you focus, if you creatively visualize yourself helping a client, shaking hands, um, them giving you a great visual, I mean, verbal or written testimonial, like if you think about that stuff, that will manifest. So when you go on prospect calls, that will come out of you and everything you do from your entire customer journey um, will exude that confidence and that end goal that you have will subconsciously come out and you will be surprised. You're going to attract better clients. You're going to attract more targeted clients and you're going to attract bigger clients because you are subconsciously and probably consciously focused on that particular point. That's interesting because I've, I'm thinking back to thinking fast and slow and I'm thinking about the two systems and I'm thinking basically, you know, when I, when I, what I got the impression of is that you, your, your automatic responses are conditioned over time. So by doing this creative visualization, it just like hit me that you're basically setting this like base level of assumptions up in your subconscious and your conscious even to, to respond better that way. So by bringing those things to the forefront, it's almost like, um, you know, loading those thoughts, uh, so that they're ready to go. Right. So that those are, are your instinctual thoughts is to help people to, to drive that. But by, in so doing that, you're also, you know, more likely to attract that to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Charles and or Brooks, did you guys have any ideas on, um, you know, how, what you would do for creative visualization in your professional life? What gives you the most happiness? Yeah, it's, it's funny because for me, the payoff is having somebody come to me and tell me that what we did on the podcast made some kind of difference for them, right? In their mm -hmm. career, their life. And I guess that's kind of my question too, is because those aren't really the things that make me money. And so, you know, I work for those things and I get fired up by those things but going on a sales call isn't exactly the most, you know, wonderful thing. And, and signing a new sponsor is nice and it's important. And I really appreciate our sponsors, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's really not what gets me fired up. So. Yeah, it will though. Once you start manifesting those types of things in your mind, the money will come on its own and it might not be immediate, but you'll find ways to, um, subconsciously make that happen. And you'll, you'll be surprised at how creative visualization could take some, something that you're manifesting and turn it into a business. So you might even find a new revenue stream for a podcast, or maybe even a new, a new desire for a new podcast. I mean, you just announced a new podcast, maybe for a reason, maybe something was manifesting in your mind. Um, but this is all geared towards 
taking what makes your life the happiest and turning that into a business. So you might be surprised on the opportunities that come to you just based on you thinking about certain things, even if they're, they're revenue producers or not. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, exactly. it, I've been wanting to push for a while on the area of doing like uh, group coaching and things like that. And that, that speaks directly to this particular vision. Sure. So. Sure does. Yeah, I guess, I guess my goal is, is to build, you know, stuff I'm proud of um, and, and want to show off to maybe like non-technical people, things that, you know, I, I, I can, I can show to my family and friends and say, Oh yeah, I, I built that. That, that would be my goal. And another, um, I I'd like to be in a position where I don't have to look for the next contract or the next project. I think that's one of yeah. the big things. Yeah. Um, passive income. Sure. Yeah. Well, even if it was just people, you, you will manifest, I keep saying the word manifest, but it's so true. Um, the clients will start to come to you. If you start manifesting, attracting clients and how you would like to do that, you don't even need the answer. Just like different ways that you feel comfortable. Maybe think back on the, the, the best clients that you've served that you provided the best value to. You didn't have to do much work to find them. Like if you start thinking about that, that will attract other clients like that. But would you guys let me or, or allow me to kind of walk you through through exactly how to do this creative visualization so anybody listening could really understand the step-by-step process. Is this a, a good time for that? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is you want to set the mood. All right. You should find an area that can give you seven to 10 minutes of silence without distractions. Now, of course, as you get more involved in this, you can increase that. As I mentioned earlier, Bianca Andrescu does it several times a day. I personally only do it 10, 10 minutes a day. Um, so seven You know minutes. I have five kids, right? <laughs> yeah, you might have to and go out of the house. Home. <laughs> you might have to go out of the house for this one. Um, you know, honestly, um, I have a newborn. Uh, I've done this in my car before. I've I've pulled out okay. uh, into my garage uh, and I pull around the corner. Um, whatever. There's plenty of places to find seven to ten minutes of silence. Um, I'm an entrepreneur coach, and I've had um, a freelance student of mine tell me he couldn't get past the step because his phone uh, was always ringing. Um, I asked him why his phone was even in the room with him. When you do creative visualization, have your phone out of the room, not just out of arm's reach, out of the room. Um, I have a spa in my backyard, so I do creative visualization there. Um, if any of you have spas, I highly recommend it. Uh, but in lieu of a spa, a quiet room will do. Uh, the next step is to um, uh, sit comfortably. Um, sit somewhere, and even if you have to kneel or something, uh, maybe you have a kneeling chair like I do sometimes, just sit in a comfortable chair, but don't lay down. Um, you want to be alert, but in a relaxed state of mind. So find a chair or a comfy sofa or something that put your feet on the floor and your hands in your lap. And the third step here is to take some deep breaths and just think about your chest moving up and down for a few seconds. Um, think about your breath. Do this about 10 times. I like to count down from 10 to one. And don't get frustrated if thoughts enter your head. That's perfectly natural. Uh, I would get so upset with myself when I first started doing this because random thoughts would pop up in my head. Um, even the most experienced at this will have those thoughts. And the important thing is you simply recognize that those thoughts are there and you just bring your attention back to your breath. And while I'm counting my breaths, I also do a body scan with my mind. And I think about any tight areas. Um, sometimes I find I'm wincing my eyes a little bit. So I kind of relax my eyes. You'll be surprised at how 
you know, just recognizing what areas are tight will loosen those areas and make them feel better. So 10 deep breaths, slow, focus on the chest. And after that, you don't have to keep deep breathing. That just kind of gets you in, in the state. Uh, you can return back to your normal, um, normal breath flow, your normal breath rhythm. And the fourth step here is to just start visualizing your goal. And as an entrepreneur, you may picture signing a contract. You may picture shaking hands with someone you are wanting to meet, maybe an investor, cashing a check, whatever the end result of your happiness is in a, as an entrepreneur. Don't, don't go too big. Um, don't pick yourself you know, in a stadium giving a speech like Tony, Tony Robbins in front of you know, 50,000 people. Make them incremental goals. Uh, some of us are motivated by money. Some of us are motivated by the freedom of being an entrepreneur. Um, whatever the case, um, that is what you should visualize and just let the story play out in your head. Be sure to feel the emotion too. The emotion is everything. For me, when I sign a new contract with a, with a client, I get excited. So I won't only visualize it. I'll carry that feeling all the way through. I'll, I'll carry that feeling through going on a prospect call with a client, having a great call. I can't wait for them to, to sign a contract or even putting the contract together. All that stuff I visualize that gets me excited. Um, the last step is to talk to yourself in your head and use positive statements and refer to yourself as you. So you can do it. You will close this big contract. You change all words you of can't or, or won't. So instead of I can't buy these shoes until payday, uh, you say I won't buy these shoes until payday. By doing this, you're replacing negative words with something that is actionable. And spend the time calling out your strengths. So if you're a good communicator, you're a good leader, say those things to yourself that reinforce those skills. And really, that's it. It's a simple process. It might feel awkward at first. You might not think you're doing it right. But I'm telling you, you'll find that rhythm. And there's no wrong way to do this. You can't do yourself harm. So I encourage everybody to do it. It's fun. It's free. You can't do it wrong. There's no reason not to do it. Um, just make time. The, the, the hardest thing to do is make time. So I schedule it on my calendar for 15 minutes a day, even though it only takes me 10. I put it on my calendar and nothing other than an emergency will, will replace that. Does that all kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. Good. So yeah. uh, I guess I guess some of this, because I've, I've hit some setbacks over the last six months, right? Mm -hmm. And so is there some of this process that I can apply to that? Yeah. Um, now, I wouldn't focus on negatives in this case. Whatever the right. setbacks are, I would just recognize them. And if it gives you strength to think about how you can turn those setbacks around, like what would make you excited to turn those setbacks around? I don't know what those setbacks are, but let's just say that you lost a couple anchor clients. Anchor clients are someone who produce 50% or more of your revenue and you want to get those back. Think about the process and how excited you would be to get those back. You're not going to dwell on losing the clients. You're going to focus on getting those clients back and how excited you are. And maybe what happens, the, the process that makes you happy, the of getting those clients back, that would be an example. I like that. And that hits pretty close, actually. Okay, good. It can't be done and it will be done. Uh, you just got to visualize it. I mean, if you don't, if you don't visualize it, you're just kind of hoping that, you know, you do the same thing and, and you'll get them back. But I'll tell you that setting up 15 minutes a day on your calendar to do this for 10 minutes, uh, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it, can only, it can only help. Uh, because you could spend your whole day clicking away. There's something called Parkinson's Law. That, that says that you can spend your whole day really doing nothing. Work fills itself. That's what Parkinson's law means. It fills itself. You can go at the end of the day and reevaluate what you did and you really don't even know because you, 
You checked Facebook 10 times. You just spent your whole day clearing out your email because emails kept coming in. But allowing yourself, scheduling time to do something good for yourself like this will make all the difference in the world. And I'm telling you, you won't lose any productivity. Right. I like the tip of doing it in the car that for people with kids, I think that's uh, yeah, that'll help. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about when is a good time to do creative visualization because everybody's a little different. Okay. There's something in the, in the brain state called flow. Now flow state is when you are ultimately focused where you don't care if your phone is binging off or somebody sending you a Facebook message. Your flow is just like, boom, I'm like, I'm into client work and I'm going deep. I'm focused. I'm, you know, flow is what Bianca Andrescu was feeling when she was winning the U S open. She's like, uh, you know, just unconscious lights out tennis winner after winner, you know, defense, offense, everything was just clicking. That's flow for an entrepreneur is just getting in that work and, and knocking out some work, um, doing work that's three times more productive than you normally do. That's your flow state. You want to do creative visualization right before your typical flow state. Everybody gets in flow in certain times a day. Usually, I mean, some of you guys are coders. So uh, from what I know about coding, you guys like to work your late nights and uh, probably your flow state comes at six o'clock at night. Mine comes at about between five and seven in the morning. I'm an early, early riser, military guy. So um, usually when my flow state, I knock out my best work between seven and nine in the morning. I'll do my creative visualization just before flow state because I find it helps me get into flow. Um, so, uh, you know, getting that focus rhythm of in visualization right before a flow state um, just exacerbates that whole process. So um, get into flow right before, I'm sorry, get do creative visualization right before you typically get into flow. And if you don't know what it is, what you want to do is spend a few days writing out when you did your best work um, for that day. And you'll find if you look at your piece of paper, you've been writing down these times, you'll find a pattern. It's usually um, grouped in the thirds of a day. So morning, afternoon or, or evening. Do you guys know typically just off the top of your heads when when you flow? Oh, yeah, I'm in the morning. Um, you are? Okay. Yeah, later morning. Like, after coffee? Yeah, <laughs> yeah after the caffeine hits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> actually typical so it's fine yeah i always thought it was funny because a lot of uh developers i know they uh you know after whenever they wake up normally in the morning they are pretty productive they you know they're unfettered they have a fresh mind they start coding and do that and i've known a lot of people that uh you know over the past few years that were like that but it's it's really interesting because like that's when project managers and BAs on teams are also feeling that. And they love to oh. have standups during that time frame. And developers, like I always thought it was funny. There were a couple of teams where I was like, hey, can we move standups to the afternoon so that we have this four hour block where we can just code, right? But it's, it's not a thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if a lot of other freelancers or anybody runs into that, but it's always kind of interesting that other people you know, if those times don't match up or if your job responsibilities, you know, don't match up, then you might be uh, in a situation where that flow gets interrupted by people that you interact with because they're also being productive. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about that because for me, my I, my flow time is early afternoon. So about 11 o'clock is usually when I'm when I really get it rolling. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, uh, you guys know, um, but if for those of you listening that don't know, you should just take note for a few days. You'll find a pattern and then just make sure you schedule some creative visualization. I would say, you know, I've had people that I've told about creative visualization and they're doing it for two months and it's just starting to work for them. For me, when I did my, my tennis creative visualization, my match uh, was three weeks after I first started it. So I was doing it for three weeks before I was able to test it. Um, so it, it uh, varies uh, highly. It might be six months. I'm just, I don't know. Everybody's different. It's just like, kind of like working out. Like everybody will go and work out for a few weeks and maybe they'll see some difference right away. Maybe they won't, but um, just stick with it and have the more confidence you have that it'll work and truly understand and know that it'll work. Um, the more, uh, the faster it should work. But um, you know, I've read some books about creative visualization and uh, from what I know from the experts, everybody's different. One of the best books, and we could talk about this during the pick section, but uh, check out uh, the power of neuroplasticity by Shad Helmstetter. He talks about self-talk and creative visualization and describes the process that I described earlier in this podcast about how to go about doing it. That was the power of neuroplasticity. That is correct. That was going to be my question. You just took it right out of my head yeah. and answered it. So, yeah, there's a lot of books like that. Um, in fact, um, he describes that this particular person makes his money from these retreats where he takes you in the woods for three days. You don't have a phone. You don't even know what time it is, and uh, you just visualize for like days at a time. He just instead of doing ten minutes like I'm describing, he's like hours long, and um, he walks you through various aspects of your life that you visualize. He guides you. But um, it's a three-day retreat, and they, there's couples visualization for marriages. There's professional visualization for executives, all sorts of stuff. But that's how he makes his uh, his living, and um, that's a, a great book. Huh. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, um, we didn't even mention that. It works for, for relationships, too. You know? It's not on Audible, though. I actually have to read it. <laughs> oh, it isn't? Interesting. No. He um On his website, though, he has a series. It's like nine bucks a month or something, but... He has a series of self-talk tapes or audio files. So what you do is you listen to them. It's basically like creative visualization, um, uh -huh. but it's guided. So you pick one area and he has all these different areas like relationships, for example. Um, I just finished the one on financial competence, right? So uh, I listened to financial competence. There's four different audio files for 10 minutes to 15 minutes each. And you just listen to them and you are basically after the end of three weeks are subconsciously, in my case, um, financially more literate and financially more con conscious of what you're doing, the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis, just by listening to this, these self-talk tapes. And they're, they're actually quite effective and, and it's really easy. And if you think, if you're kind of unconfident about how to go about this creative visualization process and you can't do it on your own, listening to these self-talk audio files is basically a handheld way to do it. Yeah, that's one thing that's interesting too. I've spent a lot of time listening to um, Zig, Zig Ziglar, among others. And mm -hmm. yeah, what's interesting is, is after a while, I start playing back his stories or the things that he talks about that he's done when I get myself in a situation because I I kind of pre-program that. And so my self-talk sometimes would come in his voice. I haven't listened to his stuff in a while. And sometimes in my own voice, right? And so yeah, just by just by playing it back over and over again, whether it's audio or, um, you know, like you said, doing this 10 minutes a day, right? You're what, what you're actually doing is you're aligning your, your brain pattern so that you will actually think along those lines when the time comes naturally. That's right. Exactly. Got it. So how likely are you guys to, to do creative visualization after this podcast or give it a try? Oh, I'm going to do it, but, uh, I can't guarantee I'll stay awake. 
<laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely give it a shot for a while. I think uh, like anything, it's it, you get what you put into it. So, um, but yeah. Good. I think then my work here is done. And I, you know, if I if I encourage a couple of you to get hooked on creative visualization and understand the power of it, then changes your life. I think maybe this could ultimately be a life changing podcast for you guys. So, uh, I'd like to hear back on what you what you thought what your thoughts are after a couple of weeks. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, my major takeaway is to uh, do it more regularly. Mm-hmm. Like I've been, I've been uh, messing around with meditation, you know, as kind of like a uh, a new practice. And you know, actually, meditating can be difficult. Like I've got the same excuses as everybody, right? But it's it really is about making it a priority. And anything that you prioritize, I think, uh, you know, yeah. has the power to to influence you big time if you're doing it regularly. So. That's I'm. This has really encouraged me to just commit to it. Really, good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it mostly boils down to I already know what I want, and so just by sitting down and focusing on it and aligning my thought patterns toward that, um, that's what's going to put me in a position to actually get in there and and win at this. Yeah. Too too often we focus on the day to day, and we'll go an entire day without even thinking about our business or our goals or our, what makes us happy, you know, even on a weekly or monthly basis. So doing this for at least a few minutes a day will recenter and refocus your mission, um, whether subconscious or conscious of, of why you do what you do. And this doesn't have to be just, I know there's probably lots of people in this podcast that aren't entrepreneurs. Maybe they work for someone and side hustle, or maybe they don't side hustle at all. It just, it provides a purpose and a mission for everything you do. Uh, and allows you to focus on that for at least 10 minutes a day. Um, something that is often skipped given the fact that we have 24 hours a day and we're so busy with our, our phones and our mouses clicking away. We just, we lose sight of stuff so easy and you'll be surprised at what 10 minutes a day will do. Yep. Cool. I have exhausted all of my knowledge on creative visualization. <laughs> That's fine. You told us where to get more. So yeah. Yeah. I, I do in the pick section when we start talking about those, I have some other resources for you guys. Yep. All right. Well, um, let's just go ahead and do picks then. Uh, Brad, do you have some picks for us? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I mentioned it, but um, a book that helped me like be more intentional and kind of um, think about how I think differently was that Thinking Fast and Slow uh, book. So I'll, uh, but I, I, you know, just the the concept of how you think and how you form these ideas um, and how much influence just automatic reactions play into thinking, I think ties pretty much directly into what we're talking about. Just because if you're not being intentional about the the type of person that you want to be, the the what makes you happy, what your goals are, if you're not like priming yourself for those things, then the chances for your brain to kind of take off, uh, you know, on its own are just overwhelming. So um, yeah, but it's been, it's been a great book, uh, big influence uh, for me. And, you know, just making myself better in all areas, whether it's uh, business, personal or whatever. So I'm going to recommend that one. Nice. How about you, Brooks? Yeah, for my picks, I've been setting up a new Mac. So um, just two little apps that I use on my Mac always are uh, Hammer Spoon, which is um, kind of, uh, I, I use it, you, you can use it for a lot of things, automating stuff, hotkeys on, on the Mac, but I use it for Windows management. Um, you know, like pushing a window all the way to the left, halfway open, 
um, different monitor or whatever. And the other one that I use to um, switch keys around, you know, if you're on a Mac and you have the Windows key on your Windows uh, keyboard, um, I use Carabiner Elements for that. And so those two little apps uh, definitely help me. Um, going in Hammerspoon, I think, is really, um, you can really do a lot more than what I do with it. But um, it's it's a lot of fun just to play around with them. Nice. Um, I'm going to jump in with a couple of picks here. Uh, one that kept coming up to my mind as we were ha having this conversation was um, breaking the habit of being yourself. And uh, I can't remember the author's name, but he talks a good deal about some of these ideas too um, and dives into neuroplasticity and things like that. Let's see, it's Joe Dispenza is the author. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. So I'm going to pick that. And then... Um, just a quick shout out. I think I've shouted out about most of this stuff in the past, but uh, first of all, the Clean Coders podcast. Um, if you're looking at ways to level up and do better, write better code or clean code, then go check those out. Like I said, the first episode's with Uncle Bob Martin. Third episode was with Chris Powers, and that one was awesome too. We talked a lot about leveling up, finding mentors, and then writing clean code and leading your team to write clean code. And it was just awesome. And then uh, the last, the last thing is, is I am putting on some workshops. They're they're like uh, two month workshops, and so um, I'm basically going to give you a bunch of uh, videos, um, you know, and then uh, we'll do group coaching every week and walk you through the process of implementing this stuff. Um, the workshops are going to be on uh, finding your dream developer job, on staying current in technology, which is probably more relevant to this one and starting a podcast, which is a terrific way of marketing your services as a freelancer. So the last two are probably more relevant. And then I'm also starting a developer uh, mastermind. And so um, if you're looking to kind of level up and help other people level up and have discussions about where you're headed with your career, that that's what that's going to be about. But it's going to be a little more hands-off for me. I'm going to be involved in uh, moderating the calls but it's mostly to get people together so that you can all put your heads together to help each other succeed. So if you're looking at any of that, they're all on devchat.tv slash workshops. Um, Mike, what are your picks? Okay, so I've got two. Uh, number one, there's a documentary called The Secret, very popular. Um, I kind of laughed at it a few years ago when I didn't believe in creative visualization and all that stuff. But if you're really interested in, in the topic today, Go check out The Secret. Um, it's crazy. Some of the stories you'll you'll hear that came to fruition after doing creative visualization. And it goes into how the mind attracts, um, you know, whatever you think. Um, subconsciously, it's weird how everything comes full circle. Um, so I recommend that. Um, I am a big believer in Joe Dispenza. He has uh, really awesome, a lot of, a lot of great books um, and courses. I know someone who travels the world um, that one of my good friends goes and, and, sees him and um, she's just an amazing person and she can't talk enough about Joe Dispenza. Um, my other pick is any TEDx talk. I'm really into TEDx talks lately. So uh, you can go to YouTube and type in TEDx and any keyword you're interested in, like creative visualization, you'll get a lot of cool talks. Uh, it's just a, something I'm interested in lately is, is TEDx speeches. I never really um, knew the true value of them, uh, but they're, you know, think about what it takes to put together a TEDx talk. You have a highly niched expert in their field with a carefully constructed presentation. Um, you get some really good nuggets, no matter uh, what you're interested in. Um, check out TEDx um, talks to uh, get more interested in, and see new light on, on any, any subject that you could think of. Awesome. And Mike, do you want to just remind people where they can find you online? 
Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm an entrepreneur coach. So you can go to mikevolkin.com, V-O-L-K-I-N. Uh, and you can also visit my startup, which is freelancermasterclass.com. And I do a nine-step walkthrough on how to be a six-figure freelancer in three months or less. Nice. Thank you for coming, Mike. It's been fun to have you on the last few times you've been here. And um, Thanks so much. Likewise. Yeah. Love all the expertise you've shared. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank it's been you. a lot of fun. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this one up and uh, we'll be back at you next week. In the meantime, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.